we do feel lost when we can't create and you have a very succinct and beautiful way of saying that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i i it's been uh int- that's i think the and i hate the like weird like um the the one thing like that like i was talking about earlier like the importance of like motherhood and the concept of like you're a creator and it's like yeah like that didn't pan out but also i could like make something funny and that is is it's similar experience of like creation and uh, but yeah, and also people, they're going to be haters always. So that's the thing. Just make what you want to, whatever makes you happy. Yes, ma'am. Having a nice spice rack. And I mean that literally. Eating chips right out of the bag. When your parents just bought a new outdoor chair and you get to sit in it before them. That sexy low voice you have when you just wake up. Playing European Wax Center by using a newcomer coupon and never returning. Welcome to Crazy Hot, a podcast about what makes us all so fucking hot. Hello. We're Crazy Hot. And so are you. I'm Eileen and... Uh, last week I went out to lunch with my friend and a server was hitting on me really intensely, which I actually like oddly enjoyed. What? And I'm Lauren yeah. and our upstairs never neighbors were complex towards me. <laughs> what does that mean? Never neighbors like they were never there. They are neighbors that are moving out of our new apartment before we move in. So they're not ever going to be our neighbors. But oh, OK. Yeah, they are currently the people living above the empty apartment we're moving into and oh they were complex toward you like when you went to visit complex towards me wait i'm too interested in your story i'll tell my story in a second i won't forget oh okay what the heck bob of course well so i went to i went to gray dog with a friend Mm -hmm. and our server was this woman and she was like really really pretty and she was just like i could just tell like she was being really nice to me and then she like stayed after to like chat after we had paid and i was like you totally like me um but it was great it made me feel like really good about myself because i never get like hit on by women ever like or men really i really i don't really get hit on that much which is fine i'm not complaining like i would rather have that than like you know be being harassed all the time but our our friend maria who everyone's like yeah oh my god poor maria poor beautiful gorgeous maria she's so like yeah constantly like men are like are you single let me put my face in your hair like you know stuff like like, they're just goofballs like horrible evil Mm -hmm. federal penitentiary style goofballs around her right so yeah like i don't mind but it does feel especially when it's not a man like Mm -hmm. having it be like a really pretty woman was like oh my god like Thank you so much. Yeah. It made me feel so good. It's refreshing to not have that so. threatening element of, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. some men give it off, but like all, almost all women that have ever right. flirted with me, I've been like, oh, I'm not like scared that if I'm not into you, you'll yes. act like a fool. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. It's like, I know that I can tell you no, and you're going to be okay so, with it. Yeah. And yeah. you're not going to like chase me down the street and murder me. Mm-hmm. So what were you what were you wearing to give off this like hella cool bigga bigga bi energy? Oh my god! Well, I was looking beautiful. It's true. You're I always did look looking gorgeous. beautiful. <laughs> you're looking beautiful, but you're turning out some outfits that 
have and been on songs. Well, if you guys remember in our little in the very very small clip that we played um from our episode with Raina, I was wearing a green dress. So I was wearing that dress. <gasps> And I had just filmed a self-tape, so, like, I had makeup on. My hair was really, like, nice, looked really nice. Mm-hmm. And it that was the first day that restaurant workers did not have to wear masks in New York City. So no one was wearing masks. Everyone, I think, was, like, really, like, smiley. I think people were just extra smiley also because they were like, oh, my God, you can, like, see my face mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. you know? And I also was like, wow, I don't have to be wearing a mask. Like, hello, you know? But, um... Yeah, it was cool. It was chill. It was nice. Okay. 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 Tell okay. me more as that continues to happen to you. Oh, I will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just went to Marshall's yesterday and I got a bunch of new dresses. Ooh. Summer dresses. Where, and they look really cute. Which Marshall's did you go to? The one in Harlem on 125th. 125th. It's, one t- it's on West 125th and Malcolm X Boulevard. Oh, yeah. In that big shopping center. Yes, okay. and I got so many good things. What? Yeah. Tell me more. Not, I got so many cure dresses, uh-huh. and some of them are like, don't you hate? Okay, do you ever experience this where when you get hired at a new restaurant and they have like their own weird dress code, you need to then like buy a bunch of new clothes to like fit their random dress code? Eileen. Tell me less, okay? I <laughs> actually shut up. Actually, about tell that. me less about that because I have my PhD on that. I'm not joking. My old restaurant, Almond NYC, East Twenty Second Street. Mm-hmm. Some of the greatest people worked there, but they were the goofiest ass fools managers. Mm. Um, Are they gonna be mad if they listen to this? They probably won't, right? They I don't care if they're mad. The only person I okay, like there was Bismarck. <laughs> okay, shout out to Bismarck, North Dakota. He's, no, he's a sweetie. But they would have us wear little sailor costumes. They, no. uh, at a time, had us wearing <laughs> jeans, a button-up white shirt tucked in with a men's mm-hmm. tie. Okay, no. I was like, what am I this? Rosie O'Donnell? Per like, se? <laughs> like, yeah, going to get a steak in the 90s? Like, <laughs> She rocked it. Oh I did not rock it. Yeah. Um... They then no, changed yeah, it to that. denim on top, khakis mm-hmm. on the bottom. And they also Ew. had a place in the Hamptons. And okay. shout out to Almond Bridge Hampton. Uh, <laughs> and they would always base it off of like, oh, in the Hampton, it's going to be hot to have this. So like us in New York City mm-hmm. would have that. And it's a weird dichotomy of, I always say dichotomy. I don't know what that word means. Mm-hmm. These are clothes I need to look kind of nice in and not feed. <gasps> Oh my sorry, god. I just started recording. Can you give me permission to record, please? Oh my god, I'm so sorry to interrupt your thing. Oh my god, no, it's okay. Like, I'll remember. Oh my god, we recording. You can't forget trauma. Thank God we did. Thank God we did that before um, Lizzo comes before <laughs> before Lizzo comes on the pod. Okay, I just gave you permission to record. Thank you. Um, sorry, you were saying. No, don't worry. I cannot forget the trauma of working in restaurants. Never will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. They would be like, this is hot in the Hamptons, so wear it. But then you're picking out clothes, and you're like, I have to be prepared to have these become atomically dirty. I mm-hmm, never wash mm-hmm. my work costumes. I, like, mm-hmm. literally wash them, like, once a month. Yep. And I want to get nice clothes that I feel good in because I don't want to feel like a garbage pile at work, but these are going to be trash. But then they're they're going to get trash. So it's tough to pick out clothes. Oh, no. You're frozen Hello. in, like, a very cute. <laughs> Very cute facial expression. Yeah. You were just frozen in a very cute facial expression. <laughs> I was frozen for a second. Because my oh connection my is unstable. 
Oh my god. Right. Wait, what is your costume that they want you to wear? It's not it's not even bad. It's it's just like wear all black, but all my black clothes are like for winter. So they're like long sleeves, long pants, and it's 90 degrees here, mm-hmm. so I can't like be wearing that. So I got like a cute little dress, like a black dress, and there's really no parameters outside of that, just like all black. And then I had to buy black shorts because um I sold my black shorts when they didn't fit me anymore mm-hmm. um, for like $8. Sick. Nice shorts. Nice. I got $8 for my H&M shorts. Mm-hmm. And um, then for like hosting, sometimes I host, mm-hmm. which normally I'd be like, ew, I have to host. But um, it's okay because the host is like tipped out with the server. So it's like I'm getting paid as a server, but I'm host. I'm like doing less work. That's dope. So like, and that's a day you can dress kind of up good. and feel yourself. Exactly. And that's why I bought these dresses because I yeah. was wearing a cute little dress last night. It had like yellow wildflowers on it. Mm. Have the it's bar like send you a couple pure. sneaky cocktails and be like, I'm hosting better exactly. and better. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, did you see my tweets about my new coworker? Wait, I saw a tweet that you asked a white actor man about his yeah. j- his career and that's you had to coworker. watch something. Yeah, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm making all these sketches on my Instagram. He pulls out his phone. He goes to his Instagram. He makes me watch a sketch right there. Mm-hmm. And then he's laughing at it the whole time. And I'm like, I first of all, it's loud in here. I don't know what's happening Being in the said, sketch. Yeah. And also, it's not good. Um, and I really I, – I can never tell him about this podcast now. But I know. That's what I was funny, like. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell anyone at I, work about your podcast. No, but it's it's not a problem because he's never asked me one question about myself. I think he just assumes <laughs> that I am an aspiring actress, and that's why I'm being so nice and asking him all these questions about himself because mm-hmm. he is the expert, and I am the person that he gets to educate about acting when in reality um, we are – I would say we're pretty much on the same level, but also I don't, well, you know, I do have sketches on my Instagram, but I would never show them to someone and be like, watch this right here and right now in the middle of work, you know? You have accidentally Men. triggered a forced watch party of my sketches. Like, I know. Like, oh no, my God, you. bruh. And then he said he didn't, he wasn't a fan of Meryl Streep. And I was like, okay, well, are you, what? Okay. Shut up. Yeah. Stop. Based on and what? I don't know. I just overheard him say that to a customer. It's and I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's just like two old dudes talking about how they don't like Meryl Streep like fucking assholes. Yeah. You Tell know what? Your new- yes. I get it. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's probably really hard for them to watch Meryl Streep just bussing every day. Yeah. And they're she's absolutely bussing. She's bussing. And guess what? They're they're <laughs> constantly status not bussing. Status not bussing. <laughs> Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep status bussing out the talkest. Yeah. I'm trying to swear less, so that's why I didn't say ass. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks a lot, Susan. Susan. Well, that's why you, every time, like in the last episode, you were like, you were like, like, mother, you know, you're kind of like censoring yourself a little bit. And I was like, oh, stop. My mom's going to love that. She's going to, yeah. It's like a dog <laughs> whistle to your mom. Up. Yeah, I'd well, be it's like, because Yo, are you larceny? <laughs> My brother and I are always like, what the? F-? Like, holy sh- what the f-? And holy sh-. we That's think funny. it's so funny. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and you are so right. It's And I'm right. Um, okay, so just to unpack a little bit what happened with our Never Neighbor. So if yes, you listen please. to our Dwunky episode, I don't know if we really talked about it in Sophie's episode, but 
uh, we are moving to Brooklyn. We have a backyard. We are super excited about it. And Mm -hmm. on Saturday, we went over there and dug up the entire backyard. You've seen photos of it. Yes, I saw. We dug up a whole bed of weeds. And in the weeds, we found like a little porcelain bird. And there was like a ton of weeds with like a metal cage, you know, kind of like growing cage around some plant. But it was ensconced Mm -hmm. with weeds. So Mm -hmm. we kind of tried to take it up by the roots to see if it was anything, but it wasn't. And we dug up the whole yard, both sides. And then there's a cement pathway back to the shed that we also smashed with a sledgehammer that ended up breaking. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like the sledge came off the hammer. (gasps) Oh, my Lord. It was so funny. And we worked for like five hours. It was really fun. It's so Mm -hmm. you forget how fun it is to do work that's not fun when you have to do it all the time in the suburbs or the you Mm -hmm. know countryside Mm -hmm. but it was so fun as new yorkers to be like i'm dirty like my elbow had like a dirt ring in it it was so Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. so we were taking the cement out like 50 bags of 50 pounds of cement each and these people came up the steps and it was a guy who kind of looked like a tattooed skinny louis ck um And this woman who I would describe her as like the the Muppet, the Sesame Street character with the blue hair. Mm-hmm. It's like really cute. Like Zoe. Maybe it's Zoe. Yes. Big, beautiful no, yeah, boobs. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a blue dress. She had blue and pink hair up in like little Harley Quinn buns. Kind of how I have mm-hmm. my hair today. Nice. Nice. But I could tell as soon as we came up, they just stopped at the front steps. I was unloading a bag with our neighbor, Thomasina, whose dad is the contractor mm-hmm to the property Mm -hmm. so i'm here with the heiress and Mm -hmm. they're like uh hi and we're like hi and they're like oh are you guys working here and i was like (laughs) well we're just like demoing the lawn we're taking stuff up and the red-headed guy who was definitely the sub in this relationship Mm -hmm. which is great but looked at this his partner and was like oh and she was like um okay, well, we have things back there. And I was then like, then go get them. I hope you don't mean like, yeah, <laughs> bodies. We had pulled their little ceramic bird out. We took out their really tacky, like welcome pinwheel mm-hmm. that had like a metal, metal butterfly on it. And we were like right. laughing at them. Oh my God. They weren't home oh at God. the time. Our guest is here. Oh my God. Let me finish up while you let Zilla in. Okay. Um, Or Lizzo, you mean Lizzo. Uh, exactly. And they were, like, super mad that we, like, tore up their garden, but it was all weed. So I'm like, everyone listening, our guest today is so amazing. We know her from the comedy scene in New York City. We were at um, HBO's Women in Comedy Festival together. She hosts a weekly live show called Zilla Vision. She has a Twitch stream. She's all over the place. She's a native New Yorker. Please welcome Zilla Vodnes. Zilla. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I was yeah. so excited. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. We are. <laughs> Wait, oh is Lauren Frofro? I might. Yeah, my connection is. Oh, uns- no. Okay, you're back. It's a little unstable. Yes, Lauren, you look better now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, you look delicious from the start, but what we yes. mean is the connection. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Zilla. Thank you for clarifying. I want to know. Where you grew up and where you live currently. Okay. So I grew up in Bushwick, Mm -hmm. uh, Brooklyn. Nice. And um, got priced out. So I moved to Rockaway Beach, Queens. Nice. 
Uh, it's lovely, but it's very far. Yeah. How do you get places? Yeah. How do you get into Manhattan? Preferably. So uh, the A train. I take the A train, mm -hmm. uh, just like the song says. But I take, take the train. Take the A train. <laughs> I don't know where Rockaway Beach is. I'm, I'm Googling it. Rockaway Beach is, um, so you see, you know where Coney Island is, right? Yes. So you know how the beginning of Long Island is actually still a part of Queens? That shoreline. I did not. Yes. So there's oh, a Oh, the, so like, the little, the little the, wow, you live there. Yes. Oh, wow. And um, because of that, mm -hmm. weird things happen, like, um, like sometimes the bridge will be up. Mm -hmm. This is in the five boroughs, mind you. And mm -hmm. sometimes a boat will go under the bridge and then the bridge will get stuck, just like in a small town. And so, like, I'll get to the train platform and they'll be like, hey, all trains have canceled the bridges up. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. That uh. is a Gilmore Girls reality in a <laughs> sex in the city world where they're like, oh, the bridge didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. And what's funny is like the other day I was in the supermarket and like I love where I live and I'm just happy to be like still in New York. Mm -hmm. um, but I overheard this girl on the phone and she was like, oh, my God, I'm in this cute little seaside town outside of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I need that level of confidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that rebrand yes. is fantastic. The minute a tourist says it, it's like, yeah, all right, mm -hmm. I guess. <laughs> wow, that is wild that that's Queens though, because it looks, it looks like Brooklyn on a map. On a map, it, it's and it's also on the beginning of Long Island, so um, right, right. racially, it's very yeah. interesting because yeah. you have this thing that happens where. You have people that uh, identify as living in Queens, mm -hmm. but then there's also this state of mind of people who think they're like better than people in the five boroughs. So mm. it's been it's been an interesting little mix. Yeah. How long have you been there? This is going to be my the end of my third year, nice. and um, I like it. I mm -hmm. don't want to. I've decided recently that I, as a native New Yorker, I love my city, but I mm -hmm. don't want to die in New York. <laughs> oh really? So. <laughs> Oh, really? That's, You're not that's gonna the die best here? way to put it, <laughs> too, because that really brings the heat to the reality of mm -hmm. do you want to be 73 and, you know, like mm -hmm. having someone do a showtime where they hang upside down in front of your face like Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> no. For me, it's so true. It, it's the train stairs. Like sometimes I'll see a, yeah. a, like a, an 80 year old, like this, like amazing, just resilient 80 year old mm -hmm. woman going up the elevated train stairs and I'm like that could never be me like mm -hmm. I don't have the knees mm -hmm. for it now mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah right same it only get harder I sometimes what are you oh, sorry go ahead Lauren I sometimes want to pick those people up because I know from my Nana that you weigh approximately like 32 pounds when you mm -hmm. get to be like 90 <laughs> and I'm like I, I don't want to compromise like no, people don't want to be picked up we, we know this from ba being babies but yeah I just want to pick them up and be like, hey, I could just lift you up. I don't have anything in my hands. Let me pick you I up. I could just carry you. I could just carry you up the stairs. Old yeah. people, she want to pick you up with consent. Mm -hmm. As long as we got yes. consent, we're yep. picking you up. Yes, yes. But if exactly. I come up to an 80-year-old and I'm like, hi, do I have your consent to lift you up? They'll be like, oh. <laughs> like, definitely not. They will not not want that. What do you do when the bridge when the bridge is up and you can't get home? Like, do you have to Uber there? Like, it must there, be so much. Yes, there is the whole like the Uber's incredibly problematic because mm -hmm. it's they know that you're like kind Ooh. of isolated, so the yeah. pricing is like through the roof. Uh, or you have to take the bus 
all the way through Queens and like cut up another way. So essentially like when I leave for a show, I have to leave so early to accommodate Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. one of these things possibly happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why Twitch and like doing Zoom stuff Mm -hmm. has been so fantastic because I can just, you know, stay in and do things. Totally. Totally. How earlier, if you're going to say the beautiful comedy store, triple crown, Okay, gorgeous food, amazing basement. <laughs> it yeah. is on what, 32nd, 33rd? Yeah, by 34th. How early right are now. you leaving your house to get to Triple Crown? And we're not accounting for sitting down and having a three-course meal because the food there is just out of control. Amazing. <laughs> I had to leave between an hour and 45 minutes to two hours before the show. Wow. And even then... It's just really, it's it's really weird. And once again, it's like very much dictated my ability to get booked because mm-hmm. recently, so on Friday, I was on my way to a show and they were messaging me on Facebook, mm-hmm. which like I don't really check my Facebook messages. Mm-hmm. And what they were telling me is that the venue had bumped up the show. So they had put up another comic in my place. So I traveled oh, all the way no. into the city. And th- like I got there and the guy was like, oh my God, <gasps> you didn't get my message. So... There's oh, like a, no. I like to try to, um, I'm lucky in that my very best friend lives in LES and sometimes she'll let me crash on her couch. Yeah. So like that. Yes. Helps, yeah. You know, but even like getting back at night is like bizarre. Um, you can wait for yeah. the bus for like 40 minutes. It's just oh out in the middle God. of nowhere in Queens. <laughs> <gasps> oh. do you, how do you pass the time? Um, I used to, so that's, it's, because my travel is so long, I cannot carry like a cute little purse. Cause I mm-hmm. like have to have like it's almost like a go bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, like, right. I have a little Jan Sport. Mm-hmm. Got a little bottle of water. Mm-hmm. I usually have a book, a journal, mm-hmm. and like I just try to listen to music. But now that the city is what I like to call a little extra spicy when it comes to safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I just put my headphones on, but I don't actually listen to music because I just want to be like hyper aware mm-hmm. of like, especially if it's late at night. Mm-hmm. So For sure. Have you sure. noticed that? Uh, what have you noticed that leads you to call the city extra spicy when it comes to safety, which is also something I totally agree with. But like mm-hmm. what's been on your radar? I think the city has had a mental health crisis for a very long time. And I think that what ended up happening was that the pandemic was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we like as a city that generates so much money in regards to like putting uh, money back into infrastructure, you look at something like the state of the trains, things like that. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's not matching up, you know, like when you think of something like Broadway and how much money it generates for the city, I feel like the people see very little of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, prior to doing comedy, I worked in a field where I worked with young adults who were either um, on the autism spectrum or emotionally disturbed. And at that point, this was like five or six years ago, I started to notice that like a lot of the facilities, uh, shelters, uh, you know, social workers, there's a shortage of social workers. um, And I feel like the pandemic just kind of like pushed that forward. And what you're seeing is, and it's heartbreaking, you know, recently, and I know a lot of comics like joke about it and it's hard. I can't, you know, but like I saw a guy just in a hospital gown, like, you know, like pacing up and down uh, the train platform. And there's a part of me that um, I know recently, like Andrew Yang made some statements where he was just like, you know, we can't live in a world where like mm-hmm. the mentally ill just act how they want to. 
it's very easy to view that selfishly. Like when mm -hmm. it's late at night, it's really easy to just tap into um, my perspective as a woman where it's like, my God, how tough is it to exist in this environment where you're just constantly in fear? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because of my work background, I completely understand that like, it's not really that person's fault. It's like a bigger right. problem. So yeah. I think that's it. And also I think people are pretty fed up financially. Mm -hmm. So that always is <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it becomes very wild west very quickly when people in the city aren't making enough to live. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's what it is. Yes. That is so well said. And I totally yeah. agree with everything that you said. I've been having so many conversations recently about how I'm like so done with capitalism of like, it is so fucked up that I have to give my life to do a job that I don't care about so I can live, so I can pay out the ass to live in an apartment so I can try to do the thing that I actually want to do and get to do that like 0.1% of the time, you know? Like, it's just, it's horrible. It's so, it's wrong. Anyway. Now, the thing you love shouldn't be the carrot on the stick. And that's what it feels Ex a lot yes, like. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it should be the, re you know, and especially after being on unemployment for a year, it's like, wow, I love not working. Not working is amazing. And now that everyone kind of knows that, I think people are getting like, like you said, like angry and resentful that like, well, now we have to go back to working when we didn't, we didn't want to do that ever in the first place, you know? Anyway, but if we worked, yes. so wait, last thing about capital. No, please go. Fuck capital. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, if we mm -hmm. worked, right? But the train was clean. So say we pay taxes and the train was clean mm -hmm. and facilities were dope. Mm -hmm. And when you went to the hospital, you didn't go destitute. Mm -hmm. Then working wouldn't be so bad. But right, right now, it just yes. feels like we work so hard and then mm -hmm. everything else is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's no initiative like there's just no you know yeah. you don't feel like a part of something no you feel like a cog in a machine working for someone else and it's Absolutely. it's rude anyway now that we've asked you so many questions about your commute and um and how much we hate capitalism <laughs> let's get to the nugget of why you are here and that's because we have one question for singular you singular question <laughs> and that is why, why are, are you, you so, so Hot. hot. <laughs> what What's is your it deal? about you that makes you hot to other people? <laughs> Tell us your secrets. Emotionally. Tell us all your secrets. Tell us what attracts people to mm -hmm. you, Zilla. By the way, I almost called you Lizzo um, earlier. I was like, oh, we're going to have Lizzo. I'll take it. You <laughs> know, know, it's not a bad association. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So it, I have to be transparent Please. and uh, let you know that being hot, in my own mind, is something that's relatively new. Uh, that Ooh. came to me in my mid to late 30s. I'm currently 39. Um, Wait, I, stop. You look amazing. You look oh, like you're 27. You. Yeah, that's... <laughs> shut the fuck up. Can you send oh us your, your birth certificate? Because we don't tolerate <laughs> lies. <laughs> well, I grew up with uh, body dysmorphia, mm -hmm. and it took me years to get over it. Mm -hmm. So there's a very interesting thing that happens. Sometimes I'll look at old pictures and I'll be like, wow, I didn't look bad. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I didn't think I looked good. Mm -hmm. And uh, which I think is really, um, there's multiple forms of body dysmorphia, but this is like a very mm -hmm. like latent and like kind of long lasting one. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up in a house where like I was chastised for eating too much mm -hmm. or, you know, like, um, what is it? A moment on the lips. 
you know, lifetime on the hips type yeah. deal. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and I think what hopefully, fingers crossed, makes me hot now is mm -hmm. that I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a, it was like a trial by fire. There's a very like Phoenix level story there because it was just like I ran myself into the ground mm -hmm. of being incredibly insecure. And then one day I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. And then I started from there. And um, I don't seek male attention mm -hmm. in the way that I think I was raised to. I was very much raised in a patriarchal household where it was like top of the pops was finding a man who loved you exactly as you were and like took you off somewhere. And now my priorities are so much more grounded in like what I want to do mm -hmm. and what I'd like to provide to the world, like content wise, uh, comedy wise. Um, and <laughs> finally, I think what intrigues people in my uh, stage act is that I talk very much about sex, but I try my best to talk about it in the way that stereotypically men do. And mm -hmm. I don't mean like garishly. I mean like, uh, hey, I got numbers, baby. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I fucked them all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. Like for example, so you mentioned my books, right? So if I start a Zoom show that's not my Zoom show, mm -hmm. I usually go, hey everybody, if you are wondering, yes, these books are in fact stolen, every last one of them. Uh, I oh stole them from each one of my hookups. <gasps> and that's my signature. Oh um, my God, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I say I knock them out with the pussy and then I walk up to their bookshelf and I take one book <gasps> and I leave. Um, Wait, that's so, so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I started telling these jokes is because I dated someone mm -hmm. who started a rumor that I fucked everybody. And what was crazy is up until that point, I'd only had like four partners and I was 35. And um, people believed it so quickly that at first it was this like really terrifying experience because I had been conditioned to believe, oh my God, people think that I, I fuck a lot. This is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, so instead I was just like, oh, well, if they're gonna believe it so easily, well, fuck it, run with it. Mm -hmm. And that like now is um, a part of my stage act and of course, my numbers have gone up, as you can tell from the books, mm -hmm. since 33. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a level of ownership that I think goes with hotness. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me a lot of um, just meeting people. Uh, I've always loved it when, like, you ever see a woman who seems like she chose a fashion decade and she was like, I don't give a shit about y'all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear bell bottoms forever yep. because mm -hmm. they look great on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So, like, that level of I don't give a fuckness, I think, has really helped me uh, come into my own. Thank you. I'm still I'm still learning to call myself hot, but my own hotness. You're yeah, no, you are hot. Out of this world hot. And that also <laughs> is, like, so... What a power move to steal a book from a dude you just fucked. I love that. I <laughs> wish I were single, like, for a day so I could do that, like, one time. You could steal Josh's stuff. I do all the time. Yeah, you but can steal your boyfriend of eight years' <laughs> things one by one. Like, take one and key I off do. his key ring every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Wow. And then he'll be stranded outside and he'll have to call me. Yeah. And be like, Ooh. honey, I can't get in. <laughs> um, oh, I love That it. will lead wow. to Josh being like, I'm really worried. I, I think something's wrong with me. I, I keep losing, losing like one keys. key at a time. You'll just make him feel like very, <laughs> very scared yeah. about why he's losing things that he never has been before. Well, like, do you guys, have you seen that movie, like, Amélie, the French yes. movie? Mm -hmm. You know how she, you know how she, like, changes, like, the little things in that dude's house so he thinks he's going crazy? 
She switches out the toothpaste for like ointment. This yeah. toothpaste is ointment, and then she changes like the size of his shoes, only like half a size too small, so they like really squeeze his feet. And like the doorknob used to twist, but now it goes like this, just like really little things. So he's in his house, and he's like, "What the fuck is happening?" So I would be like that. I would just be gaslighting him so hard. Mm. Um, Amelie, Amelie Poulain, mischievous little dance major nymphalas. Uh, Zilla, that is so. Congratulations on finding your hotness. Your on finding your hotness, and also like doing probably a lot of work after a long time of being, you know, struggling with body dysmorphia. I think mm-hmm. it's so so common and so comorbid with like other things that we all work with. And um, I always loved when my therapist called it body ambivalence, where she was like, "Your body's going to change, and you." will notice it and it's not like I feel hot 24-7 that's me 24-7 feeling hot it's like wow I feel really like weird my clothes are telling me something they don't usually tell me and to be like whatever if it goes away great if it doesn't whatever mm-hmm. yeah just being like neutral just being yeah it's tough yeah. it's it's so tough and I, and I think the biggest fallacy I struggled with was that people who looked a certain way which is so interesting because I look at you and I'm like, oh, this is somebody who's hot 24-7. They don't feel this. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. never know. And it's not easy. And it may never be easy. And accepting that was really hard for me. Yes. And I love that you said, like, body ambivalence because, like, now I can admit that, like, you know, especially as I get older, um, yeah, you have like off days. You wake up looking a certain way. But I always like to think say things like, um, you know, I clean up very well for weddings. So mm-hmm. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like I, I can get excited about that. Like on the off days, I can still get excited for all the other times that I know that I'm going to go above and beyond. But I also think it's important to realize that like sometimes you go to the supermarket and you don't feel hot and someone sees you in the produce aisle and they're like, damn, she's hot. Like you, you never know, you know, like. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't. Yeah. And I think also being brought up in a family where my father was never shy about being like, oh, she's a beautiful young lady. She's gorgeous. Like, you know, just a woman's worth in my father's eyes, who is a wonderful person. But he prized so much about women as to how they looked. Oh, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's great. And then when we would see somebody who was wearing you know pajamas in walmart and a little disheveled he would like make a comment about how bad that looked and that Mm -hmm. was such a foundational element for my own disordered eating and my own Mm -hmm. you know value so i totally hear it and it's like really nice to share together the liberation like liberating ourselves from that and being sensitive Mm -hmm. to the young women around us the women who are our friends and saying that is not the price you have to pay when you occupy a space marked female not my mm-hmm. quote, but one that I like. <laughs> it's a good quote. It's a good quote. I feel like sometimes I just have to, like, tell myself that I'm, like, and not that, I, like, well, maybe I am internally, like, a stripper and a cake. Like, sometimes I'm a cake. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hop out. Yeah. I'm the stripper. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes the cake's just, like, just waiting there. The music's playing. No one comes out. No one, yes. no one comes out. Sometimes okay? we just stay cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I love that. The That's mystical really song good. Pony is playing. It finishes. The cake gets wheeled back into the kitchen. I climb back yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Zilla, damn it, you are so funny. 
shit you as a comedian in in the city like how long have you how long have you been doing comedy so it would be a little over five years but i feel like we can all take the pandemic out of those months out of our count because that's not fair uh so i'd be it'd be about five years and um when i started like was when i just found my footing with my Mm -hmm. self-esteem one of the things I'm very grateful for because like sometimes people ask me do you wish you started comedy younger Mm -hmm. you know there's um like you know because you know the industry can be ageist and all Mm -hmm. I think is no because I was so um insecure that I think uh, and it's something I see very often on stage I think a lot of my comedy as a result would have been like um self-hating mean because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. you're try you have to tap into these feelings that you have like really deep inside to be good at comedy. So I'm grateful that when I was kind of not yet fully, I didn't have that armor to kind of like I can take an insult now and I don't give a shit, you mm-hmm. know. But like I think if I'd have started comedy in my 20s, it would have been like incredibly difficult. So yeah, five years. It's yeah, so no, that is a good point. Yeah, to me. Sorry, go ahead, Lauren. You you're so established and you're you've been so successful and everybody knows oh zilla yeah i know zilla she's great mm-hmm. so it's like ooh, wow so if i you know i think it's important for people to hear that like you have such an air of like i got this i'm i'm here i've been here i'm crushing mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. to hear that yeah side you of totally yeah you totally do seem like you're someone who's just like yeah i i know this biz i'm I've and you do been around and you do yeah. um but i would not i would have guessed that you started younger Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I think the thing that has like, I think, like I said, the my, the benefit is having age, but also, so I was a high school teacher for 10 years. So when I first started comedy, Whoa. I was still teaching. What, what did you teach? And, um, so when you work with students on the autism spectrum, sometimes uh, there's a district in the city called District 75. Uh, it's a little, it's exclusionary, mm-hmm. meaning like you're working, it's an entire school of students with uh, different learning levels, different um cognitive abilities Mm -hmm. um and one of it was a fantastic experience I started teaching because my nephew was born on the autism spectrum Mm -hmm. and when he was born no one in my family knew what to do and I'm very much sometimes to a fault very much like oh I don't know what this is so now I'm gonna fucking obsess and Mm -hmm. figure out like what this thing is Mm -hmm. so I went to grad school um so I obsessed teaching. by going to grad school. <laughs> that's a new so level. I went to grad school. <laughs> yeah, that's um, committed. Uh majored in teaching people on uh, uh adults, young adults with on the autism spectrum. And the one really like there's multiple reasons like when I love my like people in comedy, mm-hmm. but the people I met teaching, like the young adults I met teaching will still like I th- I know in my heart till I die like I will remember these wonderful people personalities mm. and be as like you know like some people on the autism spectrum have difficulty with social cues and uh sometimes they're they not all people because you can't speak in blanket statements but like they'll just say whatever's on their mind so I would get essentially like roasted by kids who didn't realize that they were roasting me mm-hmm. so there was a level of like it took the wind out of getting roasted by a comic because I didn't care mm-hmm. like or or getting roasted or heckled like I was literally heckled for like <laughs> 10 years mm-hmm. but it was in this way that so I'll give you an example I had a student who um 
uh, once came up to me and he was like, Miss, uh, what is going on with your face? And, and I was like, oh, okay, can you explain? And he said, you, you put paint on your eyebrows. Like, why would you paint your eyebrows? Your lips aren't that color. And like, it's a valid point, right, right. you know? Like, it's a very valid point. Mm -hmm. And this young man was very much obsessed with D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why do you like Dungeons and Dragons? And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I was like, why do you like Dungeons and Dragons? He goes, because I like it. And I was like, well, I paint my eyebrows on my face because I like it. <laughs> and it was just like this very, um, they helped me kind of come. It was a, a comedy mixed with teaching people who like just spoke as they saw it mm -hmm. was very much a thing that I had like pieced together to just realize like just be yourself and be proud. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was like, you know, Sir, that's a, you know, young man, that's offensive. Mm -hmm. You don't tell women about makeup. Like, I had to put myself in his mm -hmm. mind for a second and be like, hey, he's absolutely right. Like, who was the first person who was like, you know what these eyebrows need? Paint. <laughs> Some paint. Some paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. Um, th that is such a joy of kids. And mm -hmm. when you're around kids, I think it does affect your comedy because mm -hmm. they are so, so beautifully uh unknowing there's a different word mm -hmm. i wanted to use there but it's not here yet um, they're just naive they're exactly they're wide-eyed they don't know anything they're and, yeah the whole and world they're is innocent. Innocent. Observant. and they're not yes. they're not people that should be able to teach themselves how to not comment on a woman's appearance so when they're right. like lauren why do you have black stuff on your eyes or yeah. like you know yeah, the, the kid that I babysit always is like, what's that thing in your nose? And I'm like, it's yeah. just a nose ring. It's yeah. just like a decoration, you know? And, and they're, they're such like, bad wow. liars, too. Oh, my Did God. Did you ever find that your students... I have a friend who works at... Um, her name's Mel. She'll be on the pod one day. She's... Shout out to Mel. She's a Shout hilarious comedian um, and a wonderful person. And she works on the Upper West Side, Zilla, at the Autism Spectrum School on, like, 68th. Forget. Mm -hmm. It's an academy, but it's, like, a publicly funded academy. And... She tells me the best stories about the kids being like, Miss Ferraro, I need to I need to settle something that we're talking about. What is going on with you? <laughs> because they're like, you know, she wears like a cool dress and they're like, What are you doing? <laughs> it it is a very and what's what's interesting is that what it boils down to, like the the reason I wouldn't get offended is because there's a level of concern. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they accept you. So they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have to change. Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd prefer oh. you didn't ever change. Because yeah. you know? it's curious. weird for me. And I want to <laughs> yes, know what you're exactly. doing. <gasps> yeah. And we feel that in yeah. New York. You see people walk down the street and you're like, you're wearing a shower curtain that's been sewn into a Cinderella dress. And the other half of you is wearing a clear bra. And mm -hmm. I love that. But I just want to know, like, how does that make you feel? You know, and we're, we're conditioned out of asking people that because it can be invasive and it can come across as, mm -hmm. you know, weird. Yeah. <laughs> But the yes, curiosity. it can be. I think there's a nuance to it. Mm -hmm. Like recently I was at a show and uh, another comic, it was like our second time meeting and she grabbed a drink and like walked up to me and just was like, tell me what your deal is. And I was like, in my head, I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, so that's yeah. the time where I'm like, man, I got to take the A train for like three hours. Yeah. I'm going to go now, <laughs> you know, because it's like. Because I'd rather do that <laughs> than talk to you about this. Yeah. Yes, and also, I am such an open person, 
but it's just getting to that point where I can be open with you. Mm-hmm, right. And that is something that um, I think my students understood. Mm-hmm. Like we very much, um, there's, when it comes to teaching people who are in different cognitive levels or working with people who are in different cognitive levels, when it comes to rules, like classroom rules, you cannot necessarily come up with a whole list. So by, the, by my eighth year of teaching, I had boiled it down to just respect. Mm-hmm. So there was just a big sign that said respect. And it was like, respect yourself, respect each other, and respect our environment. Mm-hmm. That was all it was. And I think, um, like, I will tell anybody anything if I have the notion that when I do tell them, they care. But I feel like sometimes in life, we've been conditioned to ask each other, like, how we're doing, or what's your deal, or where are you from? And we actually like the person doesn't care Mm -hmm. and the coolest thing about kids kids will know when someone's a fraud there's something really beautiful Mm -hmm. about that and I think you guys were like both hitting on that where they're like what's what's this thing yeah because they just want to know that you're being genuine because it's so terrifying to them to think that adults can lie and manipulate Mm -hmm. so they just want you to be honest Mm -hmm. and um I remember one time I was going to the club <laughs> and I lived in Bushwick at the time and I taught in Williamsburg and I was on a train platform wearing like the most micro mini of micro minis, like right where the puss ended was right where the hemline was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. like waiting for the train to go into the city and across the platform, someone goes, Ayo. And I look at it, it's one of my students and he was like, Miss. Nah, no, <laughs> no, and like, <laughs> oh my God. I just went, we'll talk on Monday, mm-hmm. like, that was all I had, yeah, oh my <laughs> and then God, like, on Monday, he was like, I saw you, and I was like, you did, and he was like, I don't even want to know, and I was like, cool, and like, he laughed about it, but like, there's just a level of like, they want to know about you, and they just want to know, like, if I would have been like, you didn't see me, mm-hmm. I would have completely ruined my relationship with that young man. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. So it was just like, yeah, you saw me. Mm-hmm. What of it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a person besides your teacher, and sometimes I gotta get it in, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to tell them books up. I need I need some new fiction novel. <laughs> I need some new fiction novel. <laughs> don't put that on me. Okay, so <laughs> we're talking about the A train. We're talking about a commute. I think it's time for our sponsor to. Mm-hmm. Open the door and breeze on in. So here we go. Zilla, we're so, we're, so, we're so sorry, sorry about, about this. This, this is purely it's humiliating. Capitalism. Uh, but we have to read it. You know. Go ahead. Um, remember Hit Clips, the tiny interchangeable discs that played 10 seconds of your favorite song on a miniature speaker? From the makers of Hit Clips comes Top Comes. A tiny screen cha- and changeable tiny DVDs made for your keychain that can play the 10 seconds of porn that always make you come. Saving porn to your phone and computer is scary. So we have, we have, so why not have your favorite moments offline and always in your back pocket? Simply locate the 10 seconds of porn that make your papaya melon squeal and send the timestamp and URL to topcomesclips.org. And we will mail you your customized scenes along with a tiny DVD binder. Remember those? The ones with the zippers? Wow, that was an embarrassing time for all of us. Top comes. Don't let a power outage or an overpopulated website stop your crotch from popping. Order yours today. Oh, we're so sorry. I'm really sorry. sorry. We had to read that copy. When you steal the keys, you should switch the porn. Yes. Oh, my God. But just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Just a little, a different moment from the same porn. So it's like the same voice, but like a different... 
And then like next, you take change the girl, but just a little, just a little. And then oh oh, I could I could like raise her voice like by one note like mm-hmm. every time. So then she's like, ah! yeah. Oh, or you could you can actually if you have premium subscription to Top Comes, you can. <laughs> Use the video, but you can put in your own audio. So you can, like, bring up topics you want to discuss with your partner. Like, Like, hey, I really think we should put those shelves up in the kitchen. But it would be (laughs) also, like, hardcore fucking, like, that they're watching. Lauren, that's a really good idea, Lauren. I I can talk to Barry, who runs Top Comes. Definitely talk to Barry, yeah. See what Uh, he thinks. Yeah. Anyway, wow. so maybe we can get Zilla hooked up with. Um, she could be the first person to rock away, um, rocking some top comes. I would love to rock some top <laughs> comes. Frankly, <laughs> that commute is mad long. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> but listen, I I feel the same way with you as you do about your commute. Uh, we're moving far away. We're going from the Upper West Side to Greenwood or South Slope, Brooklyn, and my commute's gonna be like, I'm gonna need to leave an hour ahead. But I got to a point where I would come home from being upstate, which we were for much of the pandemic, and I would text Eileen and be like, Eileen, my eyes have a funeral. When I go, when I get off at 34th Street, you know, I'm hitting up Triple Crown for some Asando. Then I'm going uptown (laughs) and I feel I can't see the sky. Like all of my like animal instincts Mm -hmm. are, are on red alert. Like something is not right. You're living in a parking lot. What's going on? So I really mm-hmm. hope that this move helps. I think it will. I mean, you have a giant backyard and Brooklyn in general. And Zilla, you you grew up in Brooklyn, so maybe you feel yes. this too. But like, I always feel like when I'm in Brooklyn, it feels a little more neighborhoody. Like the the buildings aren't as high. It's just more like open sky and more space. Yeah. Um, it feels more like a neighborhood and less like a concrete like a concrete jungle where dreams are made of mm-hmm. that is manhattan you know <laughs> is that how you felt growing up in bushwick did you did you feel did you have you ever lived in manhattan i have never lived in oh uh, oh no i actually did right after college i lived in the lower east side mm-hmm. nice did you how like did that you like for that? like two years um i liked it we lived across from so i lived with my like best friend mm-hmm. and she lived across from her grandmother and <laughs> at the time i was going to film school and one day she like texts me like uh this is like pre this is like flip phone she like texts me and she's like my grandmother's wondering if you're right are you all right and i said yes and it was because a woman had gotten shot on like rivington that looked nothing like me but her grandmother was convinced it was me <laughs> What? So um, it was um, it was fun and awesome, but it was also it's funny that you were talking about like sky. Mm-hmm. So uh, right after that, I moved to Pennsylvania and then Texas briefly Wow. Uh, because I, I wanted more space. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, Texas, they don't got electricity, but boy, they got sky. Mm. And so this is the point where I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. whoever's going to be mayor Please stop rezoning. Brooklyn needs to keep its sky. The mm-hmm. thing that worries me that I've noticed is that the buildings have gotten really tall. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, they'll take like a three family house mm-hmm. in Bushwick and then they'll build an addition to <gasps> it. Or like they're rezoning to build these uh, really tall buildings that then have no parking. So it's like, you know, uh, 23 units. Mm-hmm. And then they're I, I, like recently I had a show at the Footlight, which is in Richmond. I love the Footlight. Right. Shout out to the Footlight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I love the footlight. footlight. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the <laughs> I had a show there, that. and it I had to park like a 
uh, I borrowed like a car and I had to park like a 40 minute walk away. Oh and my then come God. Back. 40 minutes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> I would go to the hospital, just incur that debt and park at the hospital. <laughs> Perfect. I like the way you think, you know, and then not. How about not pay it off? There you go. Yeah. What are they yeah. going to do? Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Deal with it. I, you could go ahead it? and deal with it. <laughs> you can go ahead and then deal with it. Then just take on a persona. Tell them yeah. you were British. You had no yeah. clue that oh my God, medicine so wasn't sorry. free here. Yeah. Just send my, send my checks to Boris. <laughs> Boris. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said you had mentioned earlier that you don't want to die in New York, which I think that Lauren and I both agree that we don't either, probably. No, because it's in hum- New York is beautiful, but to the right. day I can stop speaking English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so will say it's inhumane. It's inhumane yes. in some ways. And when you've been yeah, in Texas, like little- which, by the way, did you get your amazing cutoff button up with cowboy boots on oh, it? Oh, this is actually, I have, I'll send that it to you amazing. after. This wow. is a replica of a button up that I had one of my most awkward school pictures in. <gasps> like, I have a big bucket hat with a big flower on it. And so I bought it again now oh because that picture was such a great source of shame that I was like, if I buy the uh embroidered boot shirt and wear it well mm-hmm. that she'll put to rest that weird awkwardness mm-hmm. i have associated with that <gasps> and school it's been That's settled so funny. and it and here on air <gasps> has been settled little zilla eat your heart A out baby zilla. girl because look at you now mm-hmm. look at you now baby yep. but my what i was going to say is the where do you want to die is my is in, my question. in the arms of a big-breasted person with consent yes. in a field, I would like for them to hum uh, Bone Thugs in Harmony Crossroads as I go. That's wow. where I'd like to okay. die. If that you're was, that person, you can email us. I will us. pay a pretty please, penny. Please I'm going to start putting us. away now. Yep. You're going to get compensated. You can I email promise. us at crazy. It's going to be in my pockets, okay? You're going to reach into <laughs> my pockets, and that's where your compensation <laughs> will be, okay? That's hilarious. <laughs> then when I flatline, you're going to rifle through my pockets. <laughs> I want you to know where to find it because I don't want to worry about the details at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can have the earrings; yeah. they serve me no purpose. Yeah. Take the jewelry. Take it off. <laughs> there will be a few rings you cannot get off. Those are for me. I'm taking them with me. <laughs> um, oh so my gosh! I have some structural questions that uh, feel free to ex nay any of these, but structural questions. As somebody, we're moving and grooving in New York. The world's opening back up. We're trying to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Where are you working? B, what's your relationship status? C, what's something that you're like, I am no longer going to do that, and I learned this over the pandemic? Okay. And D, what so, is your sign? All right. So I'm going to start with what my sign is. I'm an Aries. Me too! <laughs> so I'm an Aries. Nice. Oh, my God, um, I'm outnumbered. You are. But um, I think there's those, like, incredibly crazy associations with, with, like, Aries being, like, these, like, just you know gestapo like crazy like ah. mm-hmm. and i only do that to men i promise mm-hmm. i'm never an aries to a woman Meet same okay? same or children. they don't deserve just it just adult men mm-hmm. <laughs> cis men get yes. all the aries energy yes. get out of um, here but, <laughs> uh okay so what was the first question it was what? structurally where am i working yeah. yes okay so Currently have a Twitch channel. It's at Zilla underscore Vodness. Um, I like it very much. Twitch is very, it reminds me of early internet mm-hmm. in that um, there's positives, negatives, but it's something that I um, am interested in toying with, the format, because I'm very much, uh, I love creating content that I'd like to see. 
Mm-hmm. So like some, I'd like to make things that I feel like there's like a void, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's women on Twitch, but there's not a lot of female uh, comedians mm-hmm. uh, or comedians just giving from my perspective. Like if I felt like if I was go like if I saw somebody on Twitch and they sounded and acted a lot like me, I'd be like, oh, hey, congrats, and then move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But haven't really seen someone like me on Twitch, so that's inspri- inspiring. I also have a show every Tuesday night at the Queens Brewery called PD Party, uh, which I host with PDDA Brew, and uh, it's been incredibly fun. We like to call it the Grown and Sexy Show. So uh, what that means is we have a band, and uh, we do stand-up, and we have stand-ups visit, but we also play games. A lot of times we ask questions. Like one of our questions was, what's your nickname for like your genitalia or your private parts? Mm-hmm. And it's been really cool to see people kind of like get into that gear because we never mock or make fun of really the pe- like people's answers. Mm. So it kind of feels we try to um, I've always been enamored with like love line, like what it used to be, which was like people would call in and ask for sex advice and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we're trying to kind of generate this uh, feeling of like. A place where a thruple would go. The thruples comedy show, like, or people who are looking to get more books, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, we want to create this, like, really sex positive, but also, like, very consent, set, like, centric uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun. And uh, those right now are the two things that I'm really working on, my Twitch channel and that Tuesday show. I started doing other shows out and about, and I have to admit, I did not ne- necessarily like the results. Mm. Um, I think pe- some people are doing a really good job of being safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping that in during the pandemic, some of the um, misogyny in comedy would have tempered, but it seems to have been, it's almost worse. Oh, no. A little bit. Oh, my God. And um, so that's been uh, kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like just the other day, I, I tweeted in like... <laughs> Like last year in June, I, I'm not going to come out of lockdown to be introduced as a lady comic. No. And just Mm-mm. this Saturday, I got introduced as a lady comic. So, <sighs> you know. so uh, exhausting. But, yeah. So um, what's the other? You asked me what I've been working on, how relation. I feel about. What's your relationship? Oh, relationship status. So I will talk about just about anything on stage. But I don't really talk about my partner. Okay. Uh, because I, uh, respectability, mm-hmm. uh, it is their wish that I not. Uh, they're very much an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because sometimes I got some zingas. But you know, I know, like, <laughs> I know. No, that's to- w- totally, we totally understand. No worries. Uh, but I, I, it's, it's recently I got interviewed and a, a woman asked me, like, so, because I was in this film, um, that was shot in Puerto Rico, so uh, I just had a cameo via Zoom. Nice. As, like, essentially, it was hilarious because they were like, and this was an interesting experience. They were like, we want you to play this very sex-positive character. And I was like, cool, got you, mm-hmm. right? And then I got, like, the, the like, please wear something. And it, there was a female director, so I felt safe, mm-hmm. like, meaning, mm-hmm. like, I didn't feel like I was being manipulated. But they were right. like, please wear something. Uh, you know, sensual, like kind of a, a low cut. I, I will wear really short things. For some reason, I never go low cut, but I was like, sure, mm-hmm. I'll wear something low cut if that's what you want. I get it. It's a Zoom mm-hmm. cameo. And the way the other actors who didn't know me treated me, thinking that I was the character, 
was at first infuriating, but then incredibly hilarious mm-hmm. and actually a really good lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there was a point where in between things, someone said, like, oh, well, blah, 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 Zilla, because, you know, she, she fucks a lot. And I was like, do you not get that? This is a character. Yeah. So who cares if I die? Right. Also, is right. Halloween a horrible, scary day in your life where you're like, oh, no, all real things. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent yes. point, you know? But, yeah, so that was uh, interesting. But what I think, uh, so you asked me, what is something I did during the pandemic? Or something that, that was um, done in general. You know, my example is, like, the running around, the I have a go bag even on my off day overstress overfill that I think most of us are like we're going to take a step back from that mm-hmm. so it could be something mm-hmm. you did or it could be something that was just you know this is common common core here in New York City and you're like actually that's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so ever since my mom so my mom dated when I was about tw- uh, 12 years old like between 12 and 13 my mom dated a guy who owned a diner and at the end of each night he would bring me like all the newspapers <laughs> because they put them out on the table sometimes, at, like old diners. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is pre-COVID now. They wouldn't as mm-hmm. much. But, like, I, he encouraged me to read every newspaper, and then he was like, observe how all of the perspectives are different, but also be, like, super hyper-aware of what's going on in the mm-hmm. world, which was a good piece of advice until it became, like, obsessive, mm-hmm. uh, especially with our former president. Mm-hmm. Like, I was completely tapped in. Like, every morning I would wake up, uh, read the Washington Post, re- read the New York Times, read the Daily News, and then the New York mm-hmm. Post, just to see what, from that persp- mm. from the president's perspective, essentially New York Post. Um, former president, mm-hmm. thank God. Mm-hmm. But what uh, I realized during the pandemic was, when you're trying to create, there was a period of time where, um, okay, so in the middle of the pandemic, it's interesting, I don't know if you guys, do you ever ask anybody, like, or anybody ask you, like, how was your pandemic? What's your response when they say that? Like, you know, how, how are you doing? Like, right out. What was your response? Um, my dad died a week before, and it was nice to quit the world together, and then it got kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Okay, what's yours, Eileen? I would say, yeah, my general response was, like, um... Uh, it was like really weird. I mean, there were parts of it that were great and also parts of it that were horrible. So overall, like a very strange year. I feel like for me, it was a real big test of like, um, uh, there was a, it was a very, at first it had a very wait your turn feel mm-hmm. where it's like you want to get up and you want to go out, but you're like, mm-hmm. no, we got to do this for the greater mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, I had a miscarriage in November <gasps> oh. And then subsequently, I, I'm trying my best to write a bit about this. And I did, mm-hmm. but I'm like still in the, but subsequently I was told because of COVID that I had to have an at-home abortion. <gasps> oh my God. But what ended up happening, it was like this crazy, um, me having to sit everything out, right? So me having to sit a whole career mm-hmm. out. Me then having this like weird, like, um, uh, like reading the newspaper too much, right? And then this very real and uh, thing happened where it was like, um, the one thing that I like to say now is that I think 
a really funny problem is like when I grew up in the 90s, like when Let's Talk About Sex dropped, that was a taboo. And I feel like if Salt and Pepper released a song that was like, Let's Talk About Grief, that shit would be taboo. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this is something that is so incredibly hard for people mm-hmm. to talk about. So because I had been like in this whole vibe of like sitting it out and no, it's not about you. It's about all these countless people who were lost to this pandemic. Mm-hmm. I did not, this coupled with the fact that I, I come from a long line of people who do not deal with sadness or mm-hmm. grief. We walk it mm-hmm. off. So like, I'll give you an example. When my, when my doctor was like, you know, it's non-viable. I was like, it's I. <laughs> Yeah, because this oh is like, like this was like my this is how I was raised by yeah. people who slept with bats behind their beds where it was just like, all right, yeah, what next? What do we gotta do? Oh my you gosh. Know? Yeah. And so like what ended up happening was like it was this big like ball of just anger and mm-hmm. for the first time you know, I went through all the little phases. I went through my horny phase at the start of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I went through my little, like, uh, 13-year-old phase where I, like, redid. I have an office in a closet because I live in New mm-hmm. York. So I, like, redid it. I put up little lights, Aww. and I was, like, I, I did a collage, mm-hmm. and I, like, put all the, my favorite things that inspire me and then cut to me after my combination miscarriage abortion, <sighs> which happened. My abortion happened on Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm that. I'm in the office, and I was, like... I have zero thoughts, zero ideas, zero anything. And it was the most terrifying, like of all the pandemic experiences, I think worse, like, I guess it would be paired with the like miscarriage, but it was just this like weird feeling of like, I have nothing to say. Mm -hmm. I can't even like, now you've crammed too many things in this funnel. Mm -hmm. Nothing is coming out. Like there's just, nothing's going to happen. And, um, for like a good, I still hosted my Twitch Mm -hmm. show, which was, bizarre Mm -hmm. and recently i was interested i want to kind of go back and view those shows Mm -hmm. to see what that's even like on my face Mm -hmm. because i think most people couldn't tell but it was just like this dead (gasps) you know like like i just didn't have it in me and um and then i uh when my um because i i just like kind of shrugged it when my uh, doctor told me that it wasn't viable. Um, she repeated it. So she was like, Zilla, I'm really like, sorry, but your pregnancy is like non-viable. And I wanted to laugh so hard because my gynecologist has always had vocal fry. But in that moment, I was like, this is funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, so oh like, my gosh. Mu- like weeks later, haven't written a single joke, whatever. My partner asked me, he, or he's like, I'm very worried about mm-hmm. you. Like I'm really worried about you. And I know like, um, I get very touchy. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'm territorial about is I think women in general are always treated to be hysterical, mm-hmm. mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I've seen it time and time again. Even when I worked with uh, people who struggled with mental illness, the women were treated far mm-hmm. worse than the men mm-hmm. because I just think uh, in general, they think we're too mm-hmm. much overexcited. Mm-hmm. It's so so, it's so interesting to have so many psychologists and therapists be like, women have so many adaptive behaviors to cover and deal with mental illness because they're not it the pressure is so strong that we literally make these incredibly strong behaviors that help us tamper down what we're dealing with oh yeah and i didn't you know recently uh 
my best friend lost her father and it reminded me very much in the way that I dealt with my grief, which was like, uh, it's all right, it's all right, I'm not gonna cry, it's all right. And you know, like this, this weird need to verbalize it, to tell people like, don't worry about me, I got this, it's okay, yeah. don't even bring it up or I'm, I, you know, I'll talk about it when I want to. And then it just started to calcify, like this incredible anger and frustration with everything that was going on. So my partner uh, asked me, um, you know, like, was like pretty much like talk to me and I said in some way worse than the pregnancy being now viable is that it almost like robbed me briefly of this fertility to be able to write jokes and look at the upside of mm -hmm. it and I told him I said I have been going crazy like I feel like I cannot feel better until I write a joke about this and I was just like it's almost like this pre premise is like non-viable <laughs> and yeah, the both of us just like laughed until we cried and then laughed and then cried again and then after that it wasn't hard to write jokes anymore but that was like for since I started comedy that was my like the the thing I don't want to ever do again is not be able to write about it even journaling like for some reason I didn't even think journal do something it was like this weird thing mm -hmm. that because I couldn't do it on my own terms. I was like, I don't want to do it at all. And I think that is the thing I will avoid again, where it's like, because the way that you're making your art isn't perfect, doesn't mean that you shouldn't make it. Yes. It's just like, just yes. try a thing. <gasps> oh, so that yes. I think is my big, like what I'm going to try not to do. Cause I've done it in the past, you know, like I was sexually assaulted in uh, like in my early thirties. And there was a brief period of time where like, I look back at pictures and I was like, yo, I made nothing. You know, I didn't write, I didn't paint, I didn't do anything because I was, um, like, kind of stopped up, you know? Like, it was just, like, I couldn't go through it. And I think, luckily, uh, therapy, going to therapy has been very helpful. Ooh, therapy. But also realizing, applying those, like, therapy things to art, where it's like, okay, so you're not going to, you know, write the next great American novel about your miscarriage, but maybe you'll just make a 30-second Instagram mm -hmm. video about your mm -hmm. miscarriage. Yes. You know, something. <sighs> so that's, I think, a new thing I'm on to. Oh, my God. Whoa. So, uh, that is such incredible knowledge and wisdom you just dropped. And also, I'm so sorry that I can't imagine what that must have been like to deal with. I, you know, I have to be honest. I think the one thing, and that's what I'm working towards, um, I would like very much to... Um, it was very... Uh, a couple months later, I went to another show, and someone had a... It was all... Uh, female comics and like uh, or female identifying comics and one of the comedians said they had a miscarriage and after the show stopped streaming we were still on the zoom and like three other people were like hey that happened to me too and it was really dope and like I didn't feel that like I didn't pipe up but I was like okay so we definitely should talk about it more because it's a common it's a really common yep. thing I will say uh, the funniest or more, I have a dark sense of humor, so I find it funny, but people say some of the most batshit things ever when you've had a miscarriage. There is a weird like thing that goes off. So I'll give you one sample. My mother's incredibly Catholic. She's incredibly superstitious. She, so after, um, I didn't really want to talk to anybody about it. That was my thing. It was like, it happened. I'm gonna let you know. I'm a little off. Give me space. You know, it was like, Emotional six feet. Mm -hmm. Give me the emotional mm -hmm. six you, feet. Are you afraid of breaking down? 
I, I think my fear comes from like, I don't want to be viewed as hysterical, cry and not be able to talk. That's why I don't talk about like the grief that I'm going through often. I think my grief made me very angry. So um, I've had like the real, the first reason that I went to, um, I was, a, I'm an angry crier. Mm -hmm. So, like, I won't cry to, like, release. I'll, like, get, like, so mad. And because I've been conditioned to believe that my anger has no place here because that's how women are yeah. treated, you know? So, like, even uh, the, the reason I went was the election. So the 2016 election is why I went to therapy, it, which is so funny because looking back, there was a million other reasons to mm -hmm. go. But, like, my inability to realize that, like, I know he didn't win the popular vote, but that so many people agreed with him. That number made me, like, have no hope for anything because it was almost like I'd be on the train and it'd be like, oh, was it you? Was it you? You know, like, there was this weird feeling of, like, is it you who wants to take my reproductive yeah. rights? You know? Yeah. Like, so um, I, I've, I felt like now it was my a return to that, like, pre-therapy anger. And that scared me very much because, because of the pandemic, I couldn't go see my therapist. And I tried, te like, telemedicine, and it, 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 was, it was not the same. I don't knock it, and I know it's really cool for people who, say, have, like, mobility issues. There's a lot of people who can't go to an office, but it didn't work the same way mm -hmm. for me. Um, but my, my mother, like, knowing that I, I, I started to open up a little bit, like, months after, like, fairly recently, uh, maybe in April. So at, from November to April, I started to open up a little bit about it. And my mother called me, so she's, like, superstitious, and uh, she's Catholic, so, you know, Catholics believe in ghosts, so they're operating on a whole nother level. Uh, she calls me, and she goes, I spoke to the healer, and she told me that this is what you need to do. If you want to have a baby, go to the store and buy a little boy outfit, buy a little girl outfit, whatever it is you want, so cute, the cute, wh what you want your baby to wear, okay? Then you're going to roll it up, and you're going to tie it in ribbons, and you're going to put it under your bed for good luck. And all I thought was, holy shit, I would like to hide a camera in my bedroom so that when my partner looks under the bed, we capture <laughs> the magic of this motherfucker thinking he's in a Victorian <laughs> horror movie. What type of shit? You need a big flash you know to I, go off oh so you my can God. see their face. Like, Do you know how horrifying this yeah. is? But I'm telling my mom, like, sure, mom, no problem. But, like, immediately I was like, you know, people just, like, and even, like, uh, the biggest thing I had to come to terms with is what if... What is the place in this world for a woman who maybe there are there are women who decide not to have mm -hmm. children, but there is a weird like people have a funeral for the mom you could have been like it's a weird like people make this connection where it's like not only did that happen to Zilla, now Zilla will never be fully realized and it's like why do we make that weird association? So that I think was like. Uh, but people say bad shit things. Well, uh, one of my favorites, my sister is very hardened. She was like, oh, you, once again, I come from a very hardened group of people. She's like, oh, oh okay. You have to have an abortion? Well, buckle up. I've had two. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was like, okay, so are you saying that I've only gotten bronze and you're yeah. silver? Mm -hmm. Must we find someone yep. with gold? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So that's the one thing I yeah. would say if I could give advice. Really, and what it taught me so much about how I'd like to be when I work with people who are grieving, yeah. or when I love people who are grieving. The number one you thing you can say is, "What do you need?" And I'm here, and that's about mm -hmm. it. 
and you could maybe send them some Venmo for food. That is huge. You know, so they don't have seamless <laughs> gift cards. Yes. So like, I was I was grateful for the experience of the miscarriage because, as I said, my very best friend, like my soulmate Diana, lost her father, and like I knew I had a better angle on being like, "What do you need? How can yeah. I help? I am here." Yeah. And at first, she didn't want to talk, and then she did. And I gave her that space. And I think that's the thing. Like, I, I think a lot of times people want to project a grieving process that they've had many years before onto your grieving process. Or I think they want to immediately, like, relate to it. So they're like, I've also lost people. And it's like, that's not necessarily what you want to hear. And yeah. it's helpful when you hear people, you know, when I lost my dad very unexpectedly, so many people came to me and said, this is my grief. And, ha and seeing people who are successful, seeing, you know, thank you so much for sharing so wonderfully what you're going through, Zella. Oh, thank you guys for and having me. And thank you, you know, to everybody, to everyone who came to me and said, this is a horrible club to be in, but I'm in it with you. Here are my details if you want to hear them. And the details made me feel really warmed. And it's a horrible concept you're like what is my brain liking about this but just knowing that there are functional fabulous adults who are carrying this incredible pain feels so good yes and that's a personal it's so personal that's the the thing about grief is like it's so specific and personal and different for every single different person mm -hmm. That I think sometimes the folly of trying to match up two different, it's like two puzzle pieces that don't fit. They're, yes, in the same big picture of grief, but like everyone grieves differently. Right. There's different processes. And um, I'm so happy that people like that you felt like very well. I always like to say that like the best thing you can be is surrounded by like strong women. And I know that's bias. I'm no, sorry, we're, we're into it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All you, like, we agree. You know, we're biased. <laughs> yeah and like anytime I've ever been in a very terrible like I'm epileptic and I had a very bad seizure and I knocked out one of my teeth and I remember like so distinctly like the greatest thing about it was like even though she's hardened my sister showed up at the time I didn't have insurance she showed up uh she said this is my emergency money go see a dentist and my best friend showed up with a bunch of groceries mm -hmm. and like that's the type of thing I think people are really uh in need just remember to like kind of it's like Power Rangers. Like, let's all come yeah. together. Yeah. You know? Wow. Oh, wow. That was so great. We um, we have a few audience listener questions. We would love for you to give advice to them. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Because you are so wise and knowledgeable. Um, Lauren, do you want to read the first one? Yeah. Take it okay. away. Uh, hi, crazy hotties. My roommate is great and I love her. We've been friends since college and live together really well. The problem is her boyfriend. While I like him as a person, he is spending the whole summer with us. He normally lives in Delaware and is not paying rent or utilities. I'm finding myself growing resentful because he is living rent free in my apartment and is always there since he works from home. I feel trapped in my own house with an extra person I am paying to house there. How do I broach this subject with my roommate? Is it worth bringing up or should I just suck it up since I know he's leaving at the end of August? Signed, two roommates, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's, 
So I have like an immediate like re- reflexive response, and I'm gonna ignore that one, which is like, oh my god, what a dub! <laughs> mm-hmm, Get him out, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Play no scrubs at the top. Yes. Bring the volume all the way up. <laughs> oh my god, yes. And then just sweep them out the house like we're at a pod. Show up you know, on the like, phone uh, with the exterminator. Hello, yes, he's about six foot one. <laughs> he's typing. Yes. Um, but uh, something a very and unfortunately sometimes you learn a very valuable lesson at the cost of a really beautiful relationship uh, in high school my uh, I had very two very close friends and of course now I just have that one best friend from junior high school and high school but she dated someone who was abusive and I, I drew a very hard line I said you know if you continue to see him like we cannot hang out mm-hmm. anymore because she had some bruising on her arm and it is one of my greatest regrets mm-hmm. ever because what I ended up doing was essentially like, you know, when you're in love, you make such irrational decisions or even in lust. You never know. The roommate could be in lust. Uh, but uh, when it comes to um, a, a, f- a woman helping a, uh, their homegirl in a situation where they de- they're like with a shitty boyfriend, you have to tread so lightly because you can. Uh, my first marriage and divorce. That is exactly attributed to people being like, you need to leave him. And then I was like, you know what? I'm doubling down. (laughs) You know, like, why would I have gotten married fresh out of college? But Mm -hmm. I did, you know? So I think the situation here is you just have to establish norms. Now the teacher in me is coming out. And I feel like you have to have a meeting. And you have to establish that when little Papi Chulo uses the internet, he's bringing my streaming levels down, mm-hmm. so he needs to pitch mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And, like, you need to almost, like, quantify and, like, make charts of everything and be as transparent as possible. And you do run the risk of really isolating your friend, but they should also understand that they're making you uncomfortable where you live, mm-hmm. which is never okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and though you might pose all of these uh, suggestions that he pitch in, that he that might help uh make it a little bit easier august is so close Mm -hmm. so also do it as um work on it you know in the mirror be like i think he needs to pay so Mm -hmm. that you can find Mm -hmm. the right modulation of voice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh run it by somebody else Mm -hmm. maybe but definitely bring it up because i think feeling uncomfortable in your home is like a form of abuse in its Mm -hmm. own way i mean we all have that experience like a you know, when I moved in with my best friend in college, it was because my dad had given me an ultimatum about decisions I was making as I tried to be more independent. So it's like we've all felt weird where we lived. No bueno. Right. I think that's yeah. great advice. And it's 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 advice that will allow this person to stop feeling weird themselves, hopefully, and also not put that weirdness on to good friend and boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Because it is yes. it is a situation that can be prettied up. This is a situation of this guy's got a job. You have a nice apartment. Let's make it pretty for everybody. Why not? Because yeah. God knows some situations in life for our last conversation cannot be prettied up. So let's let's be kind when we can and work mm-hmm. together. Totally. Oh, my God. But the balls on that one. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Not even groceries. The, what is wrong the with audacity of <laughs> that. Oh God, I, yeah, for real. I need $300. <laughs> I'm thinking like <laughs> money, baby. Yeah, Let's have real. him like take us on a trip. Take us on a weekend at the end of August. You can stay here. Yeah. Give us some money to make it nice. I mean, because mm-hmm. really we could get litigious about it and be like, you should be paying this percentile. But if everybody right. wants to get excited, let's make it exciting. If we're friends, mm-hmm. take us out yeah. every weekend. Agreed. Brunch on you. That's your rent. Thank you very much. There you go. Yes. That's a good compromise. I love that. Thank you.
And also chores. You got to yeah. ultimate because yes. it would stink to have to clean a bathroom that like three people no. used, even though you only live with one other person. Typically. I'm going to leave yeah, no. my tampon on the sink and you're going to wrap it in toilet paper because <laughs> I'm tired of doing that. <laughs> I want to teach you something, young man. When the roll is done, you hide the tampon in the roll. Okay? Mm-hmm. You fold wow. up the sides Genius, and you put it in there like Lauren. a little gift. Like a little like Christmas cracker. Like a little Christmas yes. yeah. cracker. Oh, it is a little Christmas cracker. <laughs> With a tampon inside. <laughs> Christmas um, comes every month in uh, this household. Every month in this household. <laughs> um, that was perfect advice. Yeah, I have nothing to add. Advice. But let's let's move on to the next let's question. Let's let it rip. Crazy Hot the Podcast. I'm a junior at SUNY Fredonia, and whenever I am in a lecture hall and need to pick my nose, I put on a scream mask from Halloween and then jam my hand up the front of it and go at it. I'm a chemistry major, and I have a lot of large lecture classes, so I am a total pro at this. My analytical chemistry teacher this semester is really freaked out by it and will not accept that it is just to pick my nose. She said it is distracting and that I do it way too many times during class, and if I need to pick my nose 30 times in an hour, I should go see an ear, nose, and throat doctor. She just doesn't get it. (laughs) It's an invitation, and being inventive should be celebrated in the field of chemistry. Uh, It's an invention, and being inventive should be celebrated in the field of chemistry. She doesn't understand that I have a special backpack that has an interior pocket in the back of it that fits my screen mask perfectly. I think my parents had it customized for me, but they keep saying it's for a laptop. But they lie to me all the time, like how they don't want to own a town in Kissimmee, St. Cloud. Who wouldn't want to own a townhouse within walking distance to Disney World? That is beside the point. Crazy Hot, how can I meet my professor in the middle? Maybe she will let me use my nose-picking mask if I promise not to scream (laughs) when I pull a booger that stinks out of my nose. (laughs) Please tell help by next week because I just had this conversation and I have class seven days from now. Thanks, TK. Okay. So here goes TK. (laughs) TK, you need to understand that the scream mask is very much a trigger Mm -hmm. for lots of women on this Mm -hmm. planet, right? Because... I don't know if you've ever read Men, Women, and Chainsaws, but there's a whole thing about how the patriarchy is very much enmeshed in the thread of scary movies, <gasps> right? Yeah. So maybe your professor sees you picking your nose and it's just like, oh my God, Drew Barrymore with the phone. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, like she's going to mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's be sensitive. Maybe a more appealing and friendly mask might mm-hmm. work. <laughs> Moving on to the next thing, though. Saline solution, you need to irrigate your nose. Get a neti pot. You need to, there is a bigger problem I'm concerned because, you know, the sinuses are very sensitive. I speak as a person who has sinus Mm -hmm. issues. And you need to be preventative. You know, digging up there um, is going to eventually do some damage to your nasal cavity. So... You can start little. There's just regular saline solution. You just squirt up the nose before class. Mm-hmm, whoop, whoop, mm-hmm. Um, some of them have medicine, but you got to be very careful because things like Afrin, surprisingly enough, are addictive and you can ruin your you nasal can. cavity. Yes, very scary. Mm-hmm. Very yes. effective medicine, but uh, very scary. Yes, but also stay hydrated because the thing is, is that the lining of your nose is like a membrane. So like if you're maybe not drinking enough water, this can result in an increase in the boogers because I'm an 80s kid. That's the only thing I can think of. The garbage pail kids booger situation. Boogers. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally, I will say this. So once again, uh, 
And as a person who works in an academic environment, please understand that your professor is constantly on their toes because we live in a country mm -hmm. where it's totally uh, normal to hear that another school has been shot up. So that could uh, be another trigger mm -hmm. with the, the mask. True. But take care of those nasal cavities. <laughs> Maybe find a more friendly mask. And also... Just use a, fa use a face mask. Like a regular yeah, use a fa like oh, COVID yes. face mask. Yep. Yes. And then just don't stare the teacher yeah, dead in yeah, the eyes. Yeah, just do it right? like subtly, you know? Subtle. And also, <laughs> I just want you to know that if you're a Disney adult, let your freak flag fly, mm -hmm. but maybe that's not your parents' yeah. fetish. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to put a bag to the side to go to Kissimmee. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh, is it Kissimmee? Sorry, I've, I've no. no. It's Kissimmee St. Yeah. Cloud, right? Yeah, but I yeah. was saying, yeah. I was saying Kissimmee, Kissimmee. You say it both. Yeah, and I was Italian. like, all right, baby, Kissimmee. maybe I will. <laughs> that was oh a my gosh, that was a great of medical advice. Yes, real life, <laughs> like you're you're making us all uncomfortable, and you related to them with R E S P E C T. That's right, which is your classroom motto mm -hmm. and life motto, probably. So, oh, Zilla, Zilla slash Lizzo, you are, <laughs> every time I say Zilla, I want to say Lizzo. It's such an iconic it's just name. like the sounds, yeah, they're both iconic. Your name, name is so, oh, so you. wonderful and perfect for yes. being an introduction to like, this is the person you're about to meet. Her name is Zilla. Zilla. <laughs> and then you show up and you're like, oh my God, it's Zilla. Like you're, you're like, just oh God, a, a superhero. <laughs> But thank yes. you. Super You've been amazing. You've yeah. been an amazing guest. We have one last segment for you, which is um, the lightning round. So okay, this is just first answer, best answer. Don't think too hard about it. Just an but there are right and wrong answers. Mm -hmm. But don't think about it. You're going to get the right answers. Every single guest is, has scored 100%. Yep. So every guest. You're going to be great. Okay. What color is Thursday? Orange. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting. If you had to change your name, what would you change it to? Although, don't don't change it. But if you had to, Salieri. Perfect. Wow. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Would you rather have blackout curtains or would you wear a sleeper thing over your eyes? Sleeper thing. What's the best late night snack? Um, best late night snack. Mm -hmm. What is my best late night? Snack? I know it's so hard. Everything. Oh, my pandemic vice, chips. I had given up chips for a long time, but then chips pulled me back Amazing. In. What flavor? I would make nachos. <gasps> yes. <laughs> How many marshmallows could you fit in your mouth, do you think? Is it the jumbo Stay Puff or like the regular? Uh, regular. Or the minis? Regular. Okay. I want to say seven. Cool. What is the best kept secret in New York City? Um, it's not really a secret, but I would say Namwa, the dumpling spot. <gasps> yes, uh, I've never been there. Oh my god! You should go. With I know. Name. I have to go. What is the hottest profession? What is the hottest profession? Other than what you do. Mm. Other than what you do, which is comedian That's slash high school teacher. I'm sorry, but when it's a tie. Between, I don't know if you've ever been to a Sonic where they got roller skates. Yes. Uh, it, it's Anybody bringing me French fries in a little paper <laughs> hat, <laughs> the sexiest. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love that. Food eating competitions, hot or not? 
I have a very, I had a very unhealthy relationship with food because of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I would say, as long as you have checked in with your therapist mm-hmm. first before entering this hot dog mm-hmm. eating contest, have at it. <laughs> How many pillows do you sleep with? Two. Nice. What's the perfect number of friends? Um, may she rest in peace, Karen. Karen K, my high school teacher, told me once that you should count your good friends on one hand and have fingers left over. Like your very closest oh, Okay, nice, mm-hmm, nice, mm-hmm. nice. That's good advice. Would you ever leave your number for a server who had a crush on you, like who was serving you in a restaurant? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What? Servers could get it for days. It's such a worker's say, <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the French fry hat guy. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> you just write it on your car and like car marker at that point if you're going to Sonic. I yeah. have to say, once at a medieval times, I was at a medieval times, and a squire ran up to me and said, "Milady," and gave me his number. Coolest thing anyone's oh ever done. Oh my god! In character. <laughs> okay, here's a scenario: an asteroid has hit the Earth. Everyone on the planet is dead except for you. You find shelter and secure food. An old diner, an old diner with a fridge full of food and a fire pit. After you sufficiently freak out, what is the first thing you do? try to find a way to continue playing music so if like i gotta be on a little bike Mm -hmm. to make sure that i like Mm -hmm. work out but also generate if i gotta get a hand crank Mm -hmm. record player i've i've always thought that in in a post-apocalyptic scenario i just need to make sure that i have some music Mm -hmm. uh and that'll be be like i'm in a fucking movie dude yeah and also like in case you know that's the that's the thing i would save like culturally i try to like curate a good enough Mm -hmm. playlist hopefully for the rest of humanity when we return yes oh i love that what celebrity would you totally freak out if you saw in real life (sighs) see i'm a very big i i very much respect like celebrities so like it would be very hard pressed for me to uh like bother a celebrity Yeah. yeah 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 Uh, when I, okay, so this is, I'll give you two only because my goodness. But, um, when I went to the UK, we were, we were staying in the Cotswolds and someone had mentioned that like, oh, Tom Hardy has a house here. I was like, I will fucking die. I will drop dead on the floor. (laughs) Um, but I didn't see Tom Hardy. Uh, the other one would be Oscar Isaac. Nice. Yep. Yep. Um, do you make the delivery driver walk up the stairs to your apartment or do you meet him at the building door? Absolutely not. I walked out. That's very nice yeah. of you. That's I live nice on a fifth floor walk-up, so I should do that, too. No, no, no. But that's different. Then you get to Yeah, yeah. yeah. You figure yeah. it out. And last but not least, DILFs or MILFs? Yo. MILFs. Because anyone who can go through the physical uh, element of motherhood mm-hmm. or maybe even adopt, but just deal with the entire mm-hmm. perspective of like taking on another person mm-hmm. as their like mission and then still be a baddie, mm-hmm. still feather the hair, still do the liquid eyeliner, mm-hmm. still maybe even mm-hmm. no makeup. Maybe she just came out with some sweat. <laughs> Paint on the <laughs> eyebrows, the change the color of your lips. The, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so much easier to be a hot dad because yeah. all you got to do is like hold so the baby. Yeah. People are like, good job. It doesn't have to suck on your nips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. You got 100 out. You got, you got 110% out of 100. Congratulations, <laughs> Zilla. Zilla, you. Oh, thank you. That was fun. You are. Oh, I feel full spiritually, emotionally in a way that I have never felt when recording. And that's pretty big for over Zoom. 
you are such you are such a very happy (laughs) i think somebody that i look up to a lot a big hero oh ditto my goodness i remember when i hosted for you guys in boston it was such a thrill it was such a thrill we had no idea who like what were you even walking into it was the first time meeting you and i was Mm -hmm. like this is a who is this celebrity they didn't tell Mm -hmm. me that we were going to have this person like open up for us i would have acted different (laughs) are you kidding me y'all had the jackets y'all had the matchy jackets i'm opening for a yes (laughs) yeah we are we're a girl gang and we'll kick your ass well in a a good way eileen you and i are not the muscle that's felicia (laughs) no for definitely not i i'm gonna stand in the back and hope that blood doesn't get on me yeah um wow zilla thank you so much where can we find you you on online so on socials, I'm at Zillavadness, no space, just all the entire, uh, my whole name. And then on Twitch, I'm at Zilla underscore Vodness. And um, also, uh, feel free if you need more advice, people, about picking your nose, remember to wash mm-hmm. your hands. Uh, I'm also Zillavadness at Gmail if you have any inquiries. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Zilla. Oh, I don't want to end I know. It, well, thank you so much for being <laughs> with us. Guys, this yes. has been crazy hot. We're crazy hot and sore. Join us next week when we figure out how much money Andrew Yang's going to give us to fix that bridge. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yay, crazy hottie. You listened to completion. If you have questions, want to inquire about ad space, get anonymous advice, or make a declaration of your undying love for us, you can email us at crazyhotpod at gmail.com. And find us on Instagram at crazyhotshow. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, you're, you're hot, hot as fuck. fuck. Mwah. Mwah. That's perfect.